You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Beautiful morning. That drive-in today was stunning. It is just a beautiful day. They're talking about 90 in the suburbs and downtown here about high 480. So yeah. much cooler by the lake with that easterly wind, so it's cooler perfect. off the lake. But it's just perfect. I find uh, 80 to be a perfect day where 90 gets a bit warm. But uh, you figure the days continue to get longer until June 21st, the summer solstice. Now, now as a Sox fan, why don't you share the sh- briefly the story about your niece? Oh, sure. My, my niece, uh, my sister Pam's daughter, Elise Meneker, uh, tomorrow, no, tonight, mm-hmm. it does a TV commentary for the uh, Iowa Ball Club, the AAA affiliate for the Chicago Cubs on Marquee. So my niece is with the Marquee Sports Channel, um, does comment, not commentary, but uh, field announcing or comments for Marquee for Chicago Cubs. But tonight she'll be the uh, female commentator, first time ever for the um She picked Iowa the right team. Well, she's with the Cubs, and I'm a diehard White Sox fan, so God bless Elise, but also Michelle, my, uh, my other niece, Michelle, and um, Mark, my nephew, and Allie, and Steve. What a wonderful job. What a wonderful well, see, you know, Elise also, talent. Elise played baseball at Cornell University for uh, four years. Wow. She was a third baseman. She's actually a Hall of Fame uh, for Cornell in baseball, so enough about that. But okay. uh, I'm very blessed with a wonderful family. They all, they all get their sports athleticism from their Uncle Greg. Do they claim that or do you claim I that? I claim that. <laughs> <laughs> I claim that. 312 WNDZ 750M. We have a great program line, lined up. We have with us Sister Kathleen Katie Mitchell joins us for the full hour to share her vocation story, her time at the University of St. Mary the Lake Mundelein Seminary, and her recent trip to Uganda. Uh, wonderful beautiful religious sister, Katie Mitchell. We work together at St. Mary's. Good morning, Katie. How are you? Are you with us, Sister Katie? Can you hear us? Yes, I am. There you Hello. are. Hello. How morning. are you doing, Katie? Oh, good to see you. I'm doing yes. well. Yes. My gosh, this is an absolute first here on um, Catholic Chicago, where our guest is being, I guess you call this live streamed. Mm-hmm. This is very good. First time ever. And uh, how are things up in Mundelein, Katie? Very good. I'm delighted to be with you. And the thing is, uh, but now I first met Sister Katie Mitchell. I arrived at St. Mary's in Evanston as the pastor in July of 2010. And Sister Katie Mitchell was teaching in uh, Pope John XXIII Grammar School. So we have St. Mary's Parish in Evanston, St. Nicholas in Evanston, 
two parishes, and one school, Pope John XXIII, a marvelous Catholic grammar school. And Sister Katie was a second grade teacher in the school. And that's, Katie, where we met. And uh, then what? And you joined the staff full-time at St. Mary's in about 2014? I think it was about 2014. And you yes. did you did a yes. tremendous job. People loved you at St. Mary's. And then when I left in 2016, I think you left in 2017 or 2018 to join the, fact, the, the staff at Mundelein Seminary, University of St. Mary of the Lake. You joined when? In 2017. 2017. So maybe just for a moment for our listeners, uh, Sister Katie, <clears throat> tell us your vocation story. Where are you from, and how did the whole vocation arise in, in your life? Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, I have an echo here. So I... Oh, you have an echo there? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Now we're not picking it up here, so you can just keep right on talking. Okay, I'll just I'll just do my best. Yeah, um, we're well, doing a great job. I'm a Franciscan sister of perpetual adoration. I um, am a member of our community for many years. <laughs> when I was a young girl, I um, one time came home and uh, watching uh, a movie on TV. And the movie, even at that time, was very old. It was The Song of Bernadette. Oh, it was a black movie. and white oh, movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. And it was very strange for me to be inside watching the movie during that time because I would normally be outside biking, climbing trees, doing all of these things. And what happened was it, was, it had a profound influence on my life. And at that point, I went after watching the movie to the library and I picked up the book, The Song of Bernadette. And it had a profound effect on my life. Even though I was just a young girl, 12 mm-hmm. years old, I decided I wanted to give my life to God and serve God as a sister. And from there, there was really no turning back. I um, began helping sisters in the hospital where I was growing up and praying regularly. And when I was 17, I joined Religious Life. And just a few years ago, I celebrated my 25th anniversary. Congratulations, oh, anniversary. Katie. Thank you. But you're only, you're, only, you. you're only 39 years old. That's right. Just turned 39, Father <laughs> Greg. It adds up. It adds up. It adds up. Yes. 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 And so I'm a member of the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. Now, excuse me, Katie. How did you end up joining that community? There were so many choices. How did you end up joining that particular community? Are they in Wisconsin, the mother house? Yes, they are. La Crosse, Wisconsin. That's our mother house. Yeah. So how did you end up joining Um, that particular community? High school connected? You know, I was very attracted to Eucharistic adoration. Our sisters spend time every day before the Blessed Sacrament. And we pray for the church. We pray for the world. We pray for those that we serve in ministry. And one thing that attracted me was the Franciscan spirit and the Eucharistic adoration and just the spirit of meeting the people where their needs are and doing all kinds of different ministries. Now, it's interesting that 
you say that because I follow you, Katie, on Facebook. I love your okay. <laughs> I love your Facebook um, entries. And just recently, I want to read the quote that um, it makes so much sense now that you said what you said. But lest us not forget that the Eucharist is meant to nourish those who are weary and hungry along the way. A church of the poor, a, a, a church of the pure and perfect is a room with no place for anyone. On the other hand, a church with open doors that gathers us and celebrates around Christ is a large room where everyone, everyone, the righteous and the sinners, can enter. Do you want to talk a little bit about, How about this? Before Katie talks about that quote, having worked with Sister Katie in Evanston, St. Mary's, and uh, Pope John Twenty-Third. She has lived that life. Right. seen in action. So, Mark, take us to break, and we'll talk more about that on the, on the way out. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago. We're visiting with Sister Katie Mitchell, and we will talk, uh, we'll continue our discussion on her journey of faith that has led her at this moment to Mundelein Seminary to influence, I think, the future, some of the future leaders of the church. Absolutely. We'll be back in a few minutes. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination, and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our more responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. 
Thank you, and God bless you all. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. I see you all got your hair cut. No, it's just yeah. falling out. <laughs> Some more. We're he, here. he really did it. Father he did, Greg he really did a, He did an attack job. <laughs> Father Greg Sackwitz. God, I'm so funny. Commenting ever on to my myself. tan bald head. Um, <laughs> we're with Sister Katie Mitchell trying to be serious. Now, how do we go from that? Oh, Sister Katie knows me from from St. Mary's, right, Katie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, maybe other than um, this is going to be, I was saving it for later. But so other than uh, the happy memory of Greg leaving St. Mary's, what other happy <laughs> memories do you have of St. Mary's, your ministry at St. Mary's? Oh, a beautiful parish community there. People that love God, wanted to learn about their faith were open, welcoming, and I, I especially enjoyed being there in helping with adult faith mm -hmm. formation, and I found um, the people to be very receptive, and I was able to give some women's retreats and do a lot of social justice with the people there as well, so a wonderful faith community. No. You know, just in talking and listening to you, uh, Katie, remember when I was leaving St. Mary's in Evanston, when I got a call from then Archbishop Supich, now Cardinal Supich, to join as the rector of the cathedral, I remember expressing to you how surprised I was by that phone call because I was part of the, with you on the staff at St. Mary's, beautiful fa uh, faith community connected to a tremendous school, and really thought I'd spend the rest of my life as the pastor at St. Mary's in Evanston. And the same thing happened to you. You were doing marvelous ministry at St. Mary's, and all of a sudden you received a phone call about possibly joining the faculty at the Mundelein Seminary. There's that great line from the Lennon song, life is what happened while I was making other plans. And to be able yeah. to <laughs> trust God, and a, and a prayer that I pray every day is, Lord, what do you ask of me this day? And give me the courage to do it. So you made the transition from parish life work ministry to Mundelein Seminary, University of St. Mary of the Lake. What are your present ministry and duties up in the... Uh, at Mundelein Seminary, Katie? Right now, I am working with um, the seminarians in formation and also doing some teaching with them. I am part of the formation and teaching faculty at the seminary, and I'm also doing intercultural ministry with them, social justice and mission trips. Beautiful. 
And so I feel really blessed to accompany these men who hopefully will be ordained one day and serve in the parishes where I was ministering before and all across the world because we have seminarians who come from different countries and all across the United States. And I consider it a real blessing to accompany them on their journey to priesthood. And that's what gives me joy every morning. I wake up, it can be a rough morning sometimes, and I come to the seminary and I sit down and I talk with these men and listen to their faith stories, listen to their joys, their struggles, and how God is working in their life. And it's always a joyful day when I do that. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit to your Facebook pages, and I'm going to ask you, because you, your dad passed away, was it last year or uh, two years ago. Two right years ago. This time, uh, yes. he, very present on your Facebook pages, and your family is too. How'd your How'd your family fit into your vocation? Oh my goodness! Like every family, um, you know, I when I entered religious life, I had you know people in my family who didn't go to mass, who um, were struggling in their faith journey, and so I I think in some ways. I'm certain that God has worked through my vocation to touch their life. Mm-hmm. And also, my father was a great support in my vocation. He kept me grounded. He had a wonderful sense of humor. He was a sensitive and good man who went to Mass every Sunday, even when he was very, very ill. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed to be there at his bedside um, when he received the, the last rites, and I was holding his hand when he went home to God, and he said to me, he said, will I go to heaven? And I said, mm-hmm. yes, Dad, you will. Mm-hmm. And wow. it was just a few hours after that that I let go of his hand and gave it to God, and he went he went home. Now, Katie, has your dad Beautiful. been gone now almost two years? Two years. Because, almost two years. Because my, yes. mother, my mother would have died the following January in, in 2020, about a half a year after your dad. Because remember, we would always talk about your dad— and yes, your dad, I think, was right. in, wasn't your dad in Seattle? My dad was in Longview, Washington. He came that's Washington. Where I was born. Okay. Yeah, uh, my uh, mother's West. still living, but, you know, my father, she's doing well. She's healthy. Yeah, oh, then, I, good. I know your dad was from good. Washington State, and I'd always pray for your dad because his health was going down and down. And, yes. uh, could, I, could I, be, I, I, one question I thought would be helpful to our listeners. Katie, when you said uh, you're involved in formation, could you explain what? formation means in a seminary? Good question. Yes, certainly. Formation is just accompanying these seminarians and, you know, their human formation, their pastoral formation, their their spiritual formation, their intellectual formation, and we see it in a holistic way. And so what I do is I meet with the men monthly and, you know, we talk about how they're doing, how community is going in the seminary a bit about how their prayer life is, how they're doing in their their teaching parish, Mm -hmm. because the seminarians are in different parishes all across the archdiocese. And so it's it's a way to accompany them, and I pray for them. Sometimes I challenge them. Mm, Good, good. I walk with them on that journey. How did you challenge Greg at the parish? (laughs) Give me some tips. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he wasn't a seminarian, Mark. (laughs) Katie was giving me tips as a priest. um, 
always wonderful with Father Greg. We <laughs> had very open discussions, and he was a great communicator. People still miss him. So. Oh, I bet. And they, I bet. And they well, thank right. you very sweet, Kate. They also miss you very much, and uh, we had a tremendous staff there. It, it's interesting. You know, Katie, I was at Mundelein Seminary from 75 through 79, ordained in May of 79. I know the it's different. It, there's many similarities. There's also many differences. So without, without breaking confidentiality, what are some of the questions these young men would be asking of you in light of today's world? Because we live in a world today that is so different when I was in the seminary in the 70s to say it's the same thing would be, now there might be some common themes, but it's a different world. So what are the questions they come up with or they challenge you with? They challenge me with a lot of questions because it's a very different world, even in the church. And I think some of the things that these mostly young men are concerned about is a bit of the polarization that's mm-hmm. in our um, world and even at times in our church today. Um, and so that, that's a challenge for them. Also, you know, many of the parishes, like in Chicago, we have the Renew My Church, and the parishes are clustering. And so the men are called to serve in much larger contexts than just one parish. And sometimes they feel stretched. And also, sometimes it can be difficult because if there are only one priest, whereas years ago there might have been four or five priests in a parish, so mm-hmm. they often find themselves um, serving a faith community on their own, and some of them find it, you know, a, a bit of a challenge when they have to work with um, laymen and women who may have, you know, different theologies, and um, they see things a bit differently. And you know, also, I well, think another challenge for them is working with all of the technology that there mm-hmm. is today and having to deal with um, media and reaching, you know, a global world and addressing all of the needs that we have in our, in our global world today. And those are the, the, the response so you give there, the Katie, challenges. which are outstanding. I think when I was ordained in 79, I think there were like a roughly 1,800 active diocesan priests in the archdiocese. Wow. And today there are like 650 active diocesan. So the numbers are much, much less than Sister Katie was talking about. Mark, take us to break. So WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago 312-255-8408. We're speaking with Sister Katie Mitchell from Online Seminary. When we come back, Katie, maybe you could tell us in that world of men at Mandelein, how do they accept a woman in your position? <laughs> we'll be back. Have- Have a nice day, everybody. (laughs) We'll be back back in a few minutes. Don't flip that channel. Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. 
Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM. Sister Katie Mitchell, we're talking. She's up at Mundelein. You notice how Michael May is sporting a new uh, cap. It's very, uh, it's very slick dapper. looking. Very, very dapper. Very dapper, Michael. I'm yeah, impressed. Can says, I borrow it? He says nice things to you, Michael. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Katie, we're back. So how is it being a woman in ministry at the seminary? Well, when I first came to the seminary, I remember um, we were at this big meal, and the cardinal was there, Cardinal Susick, and I had just come to the seminary, and he came over to me, and he thanked me for, you know, being willing to serve in the seminary, and I remember thinking to myself, how did he find me out of all of these people here in the seminary? You know, there are all these seminarians and priests, and then I thought to myself, my goodness, because I'm a woman, I kind of stand out. Hello, here, you know? yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I always look back on that and smile because that was <laughs> the first time, you know, I'd really served in a mainly all-male environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I found it really a blessing to serve at the seminary, and for many reasons. I, I think women bring a different perspective and have gifts to offer mm-hmm. at the seminary. God willing, these men are going to be working with women, serving women. And so it's important that they have the opportunity in their formation to develop healthy relationships with women. Very good. And I believe women bring gifts. Uh, I know they bring gifts, mm-hmm. you know, our intuition, our sensitivity, and just our different way of looking at And so I believe, especially consecrated women, but also lay women, Mm -hmm. um, should be involved in teaching and formation at the seminary. This is very important, and um, I know Pope Francis has supported this, and I've seen a number of the cardinals. I know when I talk to seminarians also, they are grateful to have women on the faculty at the seminary. And so I count it a blessing to be one among not too many, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have, you know, women on the teaching faculty. We have um, some consecrated women involved in formation at the seminary as well. And I think that's important. You know, the thing is, you, everything you've been saying, Katie, is, is so true. And what I always tell seminarians is, you know, God willing, the day you are ordained a priest, you will go into a parish and more than likely, more than half the staff will be women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's just yes. a reality, more than half the staff. And also, in any parish, any faith community, 
usually more than half those involved in parish ministry, the parishioners, happen to be women, sometimes more than half. And so the seminarians need to be able to learn to work with, in, very, in a very healthy way, uh, women in ministry. And also, you are so correct. You have gifts men don't have. We men have gifts women may not have. But you put it together, it's the body of Christ. And you, you, you bring gifts to the table to share from your perspective that I just can't do or Mark can't do. Yeah. And here's an important piece for me uh, being, you know, I was up there for 15 years, so I saw a lot in terms of the guys. But you bring a graciousness so that they will understand, um, you know, you're not a snowplow coming in, uh, you know, as a woman saying, here are the issues. You're great. There's a graciousness so they can understand that, wait a minute, we're partnering in ministry. That's right. We're, we're, we're in this together. Right. On that right. note, Mark, actually, believe it or not, it's already 829. Take us to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with um, Sister Katie Mitchell about her trip to Uganda. Mark, give us the break. That'd be exciting. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, on your dial, 312-255-8408. We're speaking with Sister Katie Mitchell, who's up at University of St. Mary Lake, Bundlein Seminary. And when we come back, we'll begin our discussion on her recent trip to Uganda. We'll be back. Please stay tuned. ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
We're back. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial. 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sacklitz, Mark Tracy here. We're speaking with Sister Katie Mitchell, having a wonderful visit conversation. We are live Katie. streaming. And this we are live great streaming. Latest technology. They're, our guys are doing such a beautiful job. Michael Mike and, and Javier. Javi, great job. We can actually see first time ever our guest via I guess live stream. And we're almost because of the way they juxtapose the pictures having a conversation, which is very Exactly. Nice. So we're having Sister Katie right here in the studio. Right. So Katie, so I'll call it because I did follow it uh, on Facebook, your missionary trip to Uganda, which I think from the pictures I saw changed your life. Uh, could you s- tell us a little bit about how that happened? Like you said, Uganda is going to always have a special place in my heart and really was a life-changing experience. And what happened was I used to meet often with Father, um, now Father, Peter Wallacindi, mm-hmm. and now Father, Velasco Matovu. Oh. And I was very, very impressed when they spoke with me about their country, about Uganda, and something stirred in my heart mm-hmm. always. And... So when they asked me to be the seminary representative, I was almost moved to tears. Mm. And I said, you know, in COVID and everything was going on, so it was very uncertain for quite some time whether I'd be able to go. But I told them eventually, yes, I will be pleased to go for your ordination. I'll stay a week there, and, you know, it'll be a joy to be with you to see you ordained. And then they said to me, sister, you can't go all the way to Uganda and just be there for a week. You have to come to the villages and know oh, our nice. people, meet the priests there, and see where we came from, and visit our schools, our orphanages, our health centers, and you know, really get to know the mm-hmm. people. And so, um, I was blessed to be able to do that. I spent almost all my time in the villages um, of Father Peter and Father Velasco and some of the other priests I got to know there. And it was quite the experience. Um, and to see them also serve people in the remote villages, mm-hmm. the as they call them, the, the outstations. And um, I saw there of people filled with faith, filled with joy, filled with singing, dancing, always having a place for someone else at the table, mm. even though it was an unexpected guest. And I also saw incredible poverty. Yeah. Um, where I was, people were um, living, you know, on subsistence farming. And I was in the schools. The children have, you know, no books. Mm. Um, they have no water in some of the schools. And But they're an incredible people who are rich in so many so many ways. Katie, I need to ask you this, and that is, as you've been talking, for those who are watching live stream, we've been seeing beautiful photographs and also now a short video of the people of Uganda, and and these are this fascinating video and the photos. Um, How did that community touch and surprise your life? You know, I think, Father Greg, what touched my life more than anything was how the people have a sense of the other, how they focus on relationships, how they take care of one another, how they care for one another. For example, 
while I was there, I learned that many of the children at this particular school you're looking at right now mm -hmm. are orphans. Oh, wow. And mm. the families in the area take care of them. And the, the families have this great sense of being together, being brother and sister. For example, I found that you don't usually ask in Uganda um, how many brothers and sisters in your are in your family because they consider many people to be brothers and sisters in their extended family, in their community. And that impressed me a great deal. Relationships are very important there. They want to develop them. They have a sense of togetherness that um, sometimes in our country there can be, you know, more individualism. There you don't see it. And so that's one of the things that inspired me. Also, their joy. But now, along, you know, along those lines, Katie, can you, share, can you share a story regarding a particular child who spoke with you uh, that just so touched your heart? I'm sure you heard, like when I spent time in Appalachia, I would talk to the, the, ch uh, the children, the people of Appalachia uh, in Cranks Creek, Kentucky, and I walked away having, well, I was so humbled by what they taught me. Is there any particular story or child that comes to mind, a story they might have shared with you? Yes. Um, one little girl, I'm not going to use her real name, but I'm going to, you know, say her name was Josephine. Um, she's an orphan there. And she came up to me and she, she wanted to share a bit of her story with me of her family and how she had lost her parents, um, both of her parents. And now she was living with another family there, a beautiful little girl. Mm. And so she touched my life in a great, in a, in a profound manner. Another little girl that I met in an orphanage, I, I have to say she didn't speak <laughs> oh. um, because she had suffered a great deal of abuse. And um, wow. I have a picture of her there, a back picture of her, but she spoke with her eyes. Mm -hmm. And she held on to me. She wanted to be held. She wanted to try to walk with me, even though she has a great difficulty in walking. And she was at one of the orphanages where I was. And she, you know, she would try to come to me even when I was with the other children because she had such a need to be held, to be loved, you know, to be cherished. And so that was a profound experience for me. There's so many so she children, was so traumatized as, really a gr as a little girl that she couldn't even speak. Mark, that's incredible. But yeah. she, you can just see in your face how she touched your heart. Oh, my God. Take us to break, Mark. Wow. Yes. Powerful stories. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. When we come back, Sister Katie, I'm going to ask you, how hard was it to leave? And do you think you'll ever go back? We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, 
Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The word made clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy to understand explanation of the word of God, the gospel. Hello. I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. We're back. I'm almost, that is precious I was, video. I was so entranced with it. I forgot we're on the radio. Um, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Now, Katie, they were saying we're happy to receive you. What were they calling you? Eloquine? They were just, they said Sister Kathleen. Oh, Sister Kathleen. Oh. We're happy to receive you. That was joyful. Mark, you have a great couple of questions so, here. So as you were leaving, how hard was it to leave? And Katie, do you think you'll ever go back? It was very hard to leave. I still miss being there um, with the people. And I think that um, my hopes are that I will be able to, um, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, take groups of seminarians to visit there. That would be great. And to see the people there and to um, maybe help in the villages, help in the schools. You know, I think it's important for our seminarians to have those kinds of experiences where they're taken out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. and they see our global church. They see the needs that are there. They're able to serve the people, to build relationships with them, to have those encuentros 
mm-hmm. that Pope Francis talks about that are very important. And also my hope is to raise some awareness and to get some grants for the schools there. Mm. Um, these schools, you know, that one you saw just there, they have no electricity. They need running water. Like the children go um, walk great distances to get water out of ponds every day. And we have no idea um, unless we visit there what the needs of the people are, the needs of our sisters and brothers. So I want to get grants to help the schools, to help the health clinics, and to share my story uh, with others. And I I just really encourage people to um, open our eyes to to the world, to see the needs of our sisters and brothers all across our world. And Katie, you know what I I would... Oh, I'm sorry. You know what I would do uh, to encourage the guys? Let them do the research. Let them look for the grants. That's part of formation to look yes, at ministry that is part of formation. And, and figure out how to how to fund uh, that beautiful, beautiful ministry. You know, along those lines, yeah. Katie, uh, you talked about the seminarians maybe going to Uganda and being lifted out of their comfort zone. How were you pulled out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. being in Uganda? Good question. Oh my goodness. Um, in different ways, and but I, I went in there intentionally knowing I was going to be pulled out of my comfort zone, and I went in there intentionally trying to have that encuentro with the people there to be changed by my experience. I'll just share one. <laughs> There's so many stories I could share, but one of the things that um, took me out of my comfort zone is when I went there, um, People would come up to the window, and children would shout out when I was on the motorbike, boda boda, as they call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they would say, Mazungu, Mazungu. And so I asked um, Father Velasco and Father Peter, what does Mazungu mean? And they said, oh, sister, they were laughing. They said, it means white person. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> I, I forgot I was white. I just, you know, I forgot that I stood out. Uh-huh. I mean, I knew that, but it wasn't something that was on Everywhere my go, mind. you stand out. <laughs> and so it was disconcerting to be called that over and over until I realized that the people wanted to develop a relationship with me. And it was very interesting for them to hopefully build a relationship with this person who came from another country who was white, who was uh, different. And so now I have many friends on WhatsApp and I mean, you know, on Facebook as mm-hmm. well. Um, but I began to realize that it really, they wanted to build a relationship with me and relationships are cherished, they're nourished. And to have a relationship with someone from another country it's particularly interesting. So I kind of changed, but at first it, it was like, okay, why are they always calling me Mazungu? And they would <laughs> no. shout it out. But that's no. one of my. Um, that's a great story. That me a little bit out of my comfort zone. But don't they? Don't you think they picked up your vibe that you cared about them? I mean, that's probably why they I, wanted to get to know you better. Um, yes, to know me better and to. Um, be a friend with them. Right. I think you're right. And I deeply care about them, and I did the whole time I was there. And so well, I wanted to build these relationships, and, too. Now let me tell you one little observation from the videos, too. Um, you're never going to dance the same way again. because <laughs> You're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you were totally free yeah. in that video in terms of you, like, picked up their joy in the dance. I did, Mark. I had no idea even how I got in there dancing with them. I can't even remember how <laughs> you that You danced happened. so well. You, 
it was it was, <laughs> it, just, it was a moment. I mean, it was totally. They were, were teaching at, you. Yeah, and you were at one with yeah. them. It was beautiful, just beautiful. Now, along yeah. those lines, Katie is. And I know you're in contact with the community to this day. Did COVID nineteen hit their community hard? Okay, I have to tell you, Father Greg. Um, this morning, I'm kind of sad because I, I the, the new, newly ordained priest just sent me WhatsApp messages that they're on a severe lockdown right now. And the COVID cases are soaring. When I was there, every place I went, um, the children, the adults would ask me, how is COVID in in the United States? And I I would tell them how we were doing, and I would encourage them to get the vaccines when they were available. Because there was a lot of fear there about getting the vaccine, so I would always encourage them. But the thing of it is, less than 2% of the population there is vaccinated. And wow. so it's very frightening. Many of the people said to me, a lot of the people said to me, Sister, pray, because if it hits here, we don't have a chance. Oh, you know, wow. we don't have the health care like you have in the United States. True. So we really have to pray. And I'm so grateful that President Biden is starting to share our vaccines with other nations. They desperately need it in all the countries in Africa. So, yeah, so we have to pray and we have to work so the people there can get vaccinated because they don't have what we have here when it comes to health care. They have other things, but yeah. health care is really lacking there for the people. Well, let's, yeah, let's not forget that what we're experiencing here isn't being experienced all over the world in terms of the yeah. healing. WNDZ 750M on your dial, Catholic Chicago. We're going to take a little break, 312-255-8408. We're speaking with Sister Katie Mitchell, University of St. Mary Lake, Mudline Seminary. We'll continue our discussion on your Uganda trip, and then maybe as we end, we'll talk a little bit more about Mudline Seminary. Sure. By the way, I'm wearing my, I, oops, how do you do it? I'm oh, that's my, right. I noticed my, that. I'm wearing my logo shirt in your honor today. Yes. Yes, it's a sweater vest. Good. So we'll be back. You look so dapper. No, like Greg Michael says May. it just covers my belly up. Anyway, we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. <laughs> adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time virtually with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. 
That's 312-937-3375. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Catholic Chicago, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, 312-255-8408. Sister Katie Mitchell, we're speaking with about her trip to Uganda, her involvement at Mundelein Seminary. Katie, what did the Catholic Church look like in, in Uganda? I, I, I don't know if you want to compare it to the church here, but you know, what, what, what were the similarities, what were the differences that you spotted? Well, you know, one of the the differences that I saw right away was these um, tiny villages that are mission parishes. They call them outstations. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, um, I met with a number of the priests there, and some of the, the parishes have like 50, 54 little mission churches that they have to go to Oh, wow. um, on a Sunday. And so the priests spend a lot of their time on their boda-bodas, and I spent some time on boda-bodas as well. That's the motorbikes that they have to travel on to get to these um, small parishes in very remote rural areas. Mm -hmm. And once you get there, um, there's a line for confession. There is... Um, many baptisms and, you know, re reception of the sacraments that happen. And the people, you know, the, in these remote villages, the church is the center of everything. And so the people are just thrilled to be there and to have the priests come to um, say Mass and, you know, to hear confessions, to offer sacraments to those who are waiting. And so I, I encountered there, you know, these mission churches and the priests going on these long, muddy roads, you know, that are not paved and making long trips to get to these little parishes. And the people there, they, you know, they have this joy, this mm -hmm. vibrant joy. Like, you know, they're, they're dancing, you know, they're drumming, as you see here mm -hmm. in some of the pictures. They're offering like what they grow during the offertory, like the matoke, which is, are the plantains, which are everywhere. You know, bananas, they offer um, chickens and they offer, you know, goats during the offertory. Katie, what is, it, what is the Catholic population in that area? Is it 30%, 20%, 100%? Um, 
I think, well, I, I can't tell you the exact percentage, but I can say that in Uganda, the Catholics are the majority. Under that are Anglicans. Um, then there, there are a number of Protestants, especially Pentecostals, and under that is the Muslim population. So the majority is Catholic, but close behind that is Anglican. That's just fascinating. And it, uh, the, the videos we've been seeing, those have been watching live stream. Um, now, do you have plans to go again in the next year? Or next two years. I'm not sure. We'll see how everything unfolds. Um, it's all because of COVID right now. You probably could it. not go. Because of COVID, you probably would not be allowed into the country right now or in that area. No, I don't think so. I really don't. Even, you know, um, it's very difficult. The, the, the sad thing is a lot of people are locked down. And, you know, if you're poor um, and you live in a village, you know, you can get food to eat but if you are in a bustling big city like Kampala and live in great poverty how do you um, get food to feed your family? Well I do know that Mundelein Seminary, University of Simmer the Lake, is doing a marvelous job of training young men for, for future, as future priests in Chicago and so I'm so high on the seminary. They do just a great job and Sister Katie being part of the faculty you just add to that. Maybe my last question, Katie, would be, you know, when Greg came to the cathedral, he was surprised what a vibrant parish it is. When you came to Mundline, what were you surprised about? Ah, oh, my goodness. That's a good question. That Margaret. is a hard question. Mm -hmm. I guess one of the surprises for me was, and a beautiful surprise, was the sincerity of, you know, the seminarians that are studying for priesthood, their great, great desire to serve God, and um, just, you know, the love they have for the people and their love for God. That was, that was a beautiful surprise for me um, to meet them, to see how many of these mainly young men are wanting to serve God in the church, and I found that a great hope. For the future. Well, that's a great and note to uh, to end our program on. I want to thank in a very special way Sister Katie Mitchell on the faculty at University of St. Mary the Lake Mundelein Seminary. Katie, you are doing a marvelous, marvelous you sure job in the ministry. And you're so filled with joy <laughs> and peace, and to share that with the uh, young men studying for the priesthood. So I want to thank in a very special way. Thank you to co host Mark Tracy. Mark, regarding your proposal for a raise at the cathedral. <laughs> Oh, big! <laughs> he's on camera, so he camera. wants to <laughs> So we'll, we'll talk about that. I want to thank also special thanks to our producers and engineers, <laughs> Michael Bay and Javi Garcia. To our listeners, may God bless you. May the White Sox and Cubs keep winning. And a full house expected tomorrow yes. at Wrigley Field against the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Have a great day. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye, Katie. Bye-bye, Katie. Thank you very much. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.